How sweep it is. The Atlanta Braves in the biggest series of the year sweep the New York Mets at Truist Park over the weekend, taking control in the NL East, narrowing their magic number to one. They got some big hits over the weekend, including home runs in three straight games from Dansby Swanson and Matt Olson. The starting pitching was just good enough because the bullpen was lights out. We're going to talk about everything from this past weekend and highlight the biggest moments from the Braves sweep. All that on a Monday edition of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. Also, make sure you check out the Locked On Atlanta app on Roku and Amazon Fire right now. So make sure you go and download that where you get this podcast and the postcast with me and Grant McCauley. And I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I'm covering the game of baseball, including your Atlanta Braves in written form over at TomahawkTake.com, where I'm the co-editor. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback you have for the podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Do me a favor, hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is posted. We'll have a ton of coverage coming up over the next several weeks as we head into the postseason. And as always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. Plus, as I mentioned, we have the postcast with me and Grant McCauley that you can get on the, the Lockdown Braves podcast feed or the video version on YouTube on the Lockdown Sports Atlanta YouTube page. On today's episode, going to recap the entire weekend, talk about the biggest moments from the weekend, all three games were close, but the Atlanta Braves came out on top of them. So we'll talk about the biggest moments from the weekend. And then we'll highlight some individual performances, both on the pitching side of things where the bullpen was lights out and then some key home runs for the Atlanta Braves. And then we'll set you up for Monday night, which will hopefully be the clinching game for the Atlanta Braves to lock up the NL East. But let's start with that fantastic weekend for the Atlanta Braves. They come into it needing a sweep in order to control their destiny. They lost that last game in Washington. That was a tough blow because you wanted to go into this series at least even, but that didn't happen. They went in a game down. They come out two games up after sweeping the New York Mets, and most importantly of all, they control their own destiny. Their magic number is one because they now hold that season series title over the New York Mets winning 10 games to nine truly incredible what the Atlanta Braves have done they're six and one against the Mets in the last seven games against them after starting eight and four just truly truly amazing what has happened since that series at City Field where the Braves lost four of five they come back home a couple weeks later win three of four and then they sweep them here to end the season so Just truly, truly remarkable is this Atlanta Braves team. Not only that, 
they fell behind in all three of these games, fell behind early and came back to win again, showing you the resiliency of this team, never getting up, coming up big on the biggest moments of the year. Again, I just can't say enough good things about this Braves team. But I wanted to start out by highlighting some of the biggest moments from the weekend. Obviously locked into every single one of these games. And there are just a couple of moments or several moments actually from this weekend that I think are worth mentioning, highlighting as the Braves do get the sweep. The first moment for me came on Friday, and I'll do these in chronological order here, but on Friday, the back-to-back home runs by Austin Riley and Matt Olson in the second inning after the Mets had taken a one nothing lead, and that was kind of the story of the weekend. Mets would take a lead, Braves would respond right back, and that's exactly what happened on Friday in that second inning. Mets take a one nothing lead, Braves respond against Jacob deGrom in the bottom half. Austin Riley gets a slider up, crushes it out to center field. Matt Olson gets ahead in the count, 3-0, 3-1, gets a fastball right down the middle and crushes it out to take the lead, a right back from Jacob deGrom. So that's one of the biggest moments, I guess, of the weekend, those back-to-back home runs on Friday night. After that point, Braves really took control of that game. We're up 5-1 late. Uh, Mets made it 5-2 with a solo home run off Mentor in the eighth inning. And then Kenley Jansen made things a little exciting in the in the ninth inning. Could have done without this. Loaded the bases with one out and then strikes out Francisco Alvarez. That poor kid thrust into just the biggest of spots to start his major league career. And it was not a great weekend for him. Jansen strikes him out and then finishes it off, finishes it off with a strikeout of Tyler Naquin. You know, shaky as Jansen was in that inning, he came through when the Braves needed him the most right there. So that obviously was a big moment of the weekend as the Mets brought the tying and go-ahead runs to the plate, even though Jansen came on with a three-run lead and was able to escape. So those were the big moments on Friday. Going to Saturday, I think one of the biggest moments in that game came in the first inning. Kyle Wright got into some trouble and was able to limit the damage to just one run, even though he had the bases loaded with one out game very could have very easily gotten away from Kyle Wright and the Braves there, but he's able to limit the damage through nearly 30 pitches in that inning. So a great job again by Braves pitcher, you know, limiting damage, getting out of there with minimal damage or no damage. Great job by Kyle Wright there in the first inning, getting out of that. And then maybe one of my favorite moments of the weekend, there's so many, but Dansby Swanson with that two-run homer in the fifth inning off Max Scherzer to take a 3-2 to two lead again, answering the Mets who had taken the lead in the top half of that inning. Just a huge moment for Dansby Swanson, who you know always comes up clutch. So that was a huge moment on Saturday. Those were the two biggest moments for me on Saturday. And then on Sunday, another Braves pitcher, you know, escaping a jam, limiting damage charlie morton in the third inning and that third inning was the key to sunday both the top and bottom half but charlie morton in the third inning on sunday he had already allowed two runs in the inning he had runners on the corners with one uh, with nobody out gets a pop-up a strikeout and a ground out that was the ball game that could have very easily gotten away from charlie morton he could have given up four or five runs in that inning braves could have gone to jackson stevens in the bullpen but charlie morton you know 
again, he has not been the Charlie Morton that we are hoping for, but I'll give him credit escaping that jam, going another inning and a third after that where it looked like he was just completely done. That was a huge moment in this game. Mets could have really broken things open and pulled away, and you would have said, okay, Braves won two of three. You know, that's all well and good, but he gets out of that, that inning without giving up anything more, and then here come the Braves answering again. Bottom of the third inning on Sunday. Again, this was that game. This was that moment. This was that inning, that third inning. Again, the Mets take a lead. Braves respond and punch right back. I mean, this was the prototypical punch, counterpunch, boxing matchup right here. Mets take a lead. Braves answer right back all weekend. Bottom of the third started off with a leadoff single from Orlando Arce, who had a couple of two-hit games in this series. Then you get a walk by Acuna. Acuna never really had the big hit in this series that I was hoping to see, that big moment, but had three hits on Saturday, had a walk here as part of this big third inning on Sunday. Fly out by Dansby Swanson. He almost got another one, a 105.7 exit velocity, 340 expected batting average, just got under it a little bit. He almost had a three-run homer. Riley gets hit in the first pitch of the bat, which was kind of curious. First base was open. I don't really think he Bassett meant to do that, but did seem a little curious there. But again, I think maybe he was losing control a little bit because he was way off to the next batter, Matt Olson. The ball was all over the place. And with the way Matt Olson's swinging at these last couple of games, I don't think that's the guy that he wanted to face right there. But all over the place. And I love I talked about this on the postcast. Now, obviously, I love the home runs from Matt Olson, but this walk in the third inning just tells me how locked in he is right now because two weeks ago, he's chasing that 3-0 pitch, that 3-1-2 seamer running off the plate. But he doesn't do that. He takes what the pitcher is giving him. He gets that walk. He gets that RBI, his 100th of the year. That, to me, was just a great at-bat for Matt Olson, who – you know wants to have that big moment. I think he had the, those moments over the weekend, but you know he's looking to really break things open there, to have discipline, to just take what the pitcher gives him and take those walks. I thought that was a big at-bat there. But then came the moment of the game on Sunday. You know That made it a 3-2 game after Olsen's walk. Travis Darnot comes on, falls behind quickly 0-2, and it's, it's looking like the inning's going to end there. He fouls off three pitches. He works the count to 2-2. Then on the eighth pitch, he's able to sit back on a curveball, which we'd already seen a lot of Braves hitters swing and miss on, and he sits back on it, singles it up the middle to drive into, and the Braves take a 4-2 lead. That, to me, you know, that's the game. That's the moment of the game on Sunday. That third inning in general was just incredible. But that at bat by Travis Darno, I mean, so huge. And he just continually does that. He's so great in those situations of at least putting the ball in play. And he does it there and drives in two more runs. I wanted to mention a double play in the eighth inning. Look, you know, it was a two-run game. So you bring a you get a runner on and you get the tying run at the plate. But I I mentioned the double play in the eighth inning on Sunday just because I loved Dansby coming off the field, how pumped up he was. I loved it all from the Rays players this weekend. Just the the joy that they had, the expressions they had. You know this team wanted it. They wanted this series, and it showed as they were able to sweep the Mets. Not easy to do going up against two Hall of Fame pitchers in DeGrom and Scherzer. 
and the Braves get it done. They find a way to get it done, and now they are one win away from clinching the NLEs for a fifth straight year. I want to come back. I want to talk about more of some individual performance from over the weekend, who stepped up the most, and talk about that great bullpen for the Atlanta Braves. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are doing yourself, uh, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, flavor ready, delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to the, your new favorite, the cookie dough chunk puff. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just stash them away for yourself, as I have done. What's great about Built is that all their Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puffs, so head to Built.com right now to get you a box. And when you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off at Built.com. So the Atlanta Braves got the sweep over the weekend, and the starting pitching was good. It wasn't great. It was good. But as we're going to talk about in a second, when the bullpen was as great as they were, you just need your starting pitching to be good, and that's exactly what they were. No starting pitcher worked into the sixth inning. Freed likely would have on Friday had he not gotten sick. Wright was at 87 pitches. You could have made a case for him to go back out to the sixth inning, but again, this is postseason baseball, as Snicker himself said, and he managed it as such, not playing around, going to that bullpen early, and then obviously Morton. You know, we were fortunate that he was able to work into the fifth inning. Looked like he could have gotten bounced early in that game. Overall, on the weekend, starting pitching staff, 14 and a third innings, 20 hits allowed, but here's the key, two walks. And we've, we've seen when these Braves pitchers went up against the Mets in City Field and the series before that, walking batters. And when you walk batters along with the hits, because the Mets are going to get their hits, they're a very good hitting team. They can hit for average 20 hits against Braves starting pitching in 14 and a third innings. But when you only issue two walks and you're not hitting batters, only one hit batter over the weekend, and that was Jansen who hit somebody, only two walks, and you don't give up any extra base hits, only two extra base hits allowed on the weekend both or by starting pitchers, both of those allowed by Charlie Morton on Sunday with a couple of home runs. So when you don't give up those extra base hits and you know the Mets don't have a ton of extra base hit power outside of Alonzo and, and Lindor primarily, and you don't walk anybody, that's how you defeat this Mets team. And you saw a change in strategy from these Braves pitchers after that series in City Field to attack the zone. Let the Mets get their hits, their singles, let them poke the ball the other way, but make them you know string those together. And we saw that in one inning with Kyle Wright he got the first two outs of an inning and then, you know, single, 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 and they score a run. You know, that's going to happen, but you keep those balls in the ballpark, let them get their singles. More often than not, you're going to get out of those innings, and that was another key from the weekend was a limiting damage. The Mets had their base runners. They had runners on base, you know, in a lot of innings throughout the games, but 
you limited the damage. You didn't let things get out of control. A lot of that because you didn't walk any batters. You know, that's exactly what the Braves pitching was able to do. You know, in the few in the few innings that were stressful for them, Braves did a great job in limiting damage. And while the Mets got their hits, they got their base runners. A lot of times it was limited to one base runner inning. I went through, you know, every game play by play and you look at it. There really weren't a ton of of threats by the Mets offense because, you know, they had limited power. There were a lot of innings where they they'd get a hit, but that was it or they, you know, would get a, get a walk. The very few walks the Braves pitchers gave up, but that would be it. The Braves just didn't allow big innings to happen. There weren't a ton of stressful innings where you had multiple runners on with one out or, or, or less than two outs. That just wasn't the case on the weekend. So a great job by this Braves pitching staff of pitching to their opponent and not allowing them or not letting them beat you by walking a ton of bases along with all the hits that they do get. And the bullpen nearly perfect on the weekend. Friday, four innings, four hits, one walk, one earned, five strikeouts. On Saturday, four innings, one hit, no walks, no earned, five strikeouts. On Sunday, four and two-thirds innings, two hits, one walk, no earned, four strikeouts. Iglesias pitched in all three games, was dominant as he's been. Jansen picked up the save in all three games. Mentioned the shakiness on Friday, but then he bounced back Saturday and Sunday with some very clean one, two, three innings that you love to see. So the bullpen was great over the weekend, certainly giving you a lot of confidence going into the postseason. Can't say enough good things about the job the bullpen has done lately. And then the offense just took advantage. I loved the at-bats, and I talked about this on the postcast over the weekend. I tweeted it out. I loved the at-bats from the Braves hitters all weekend long. Yeah, they had their strikeouts, you know, yeah, they didn't necessarily get a ton of hits, but I love the way they work these at-bats, being aggressive in the count early, working the count back in their favor, looking for a mistake pitch and not missing it when they got it. You look at the home runs by Dansby Swanson and Matt Olson, you look at where those pitches are, those are mistake pitches. And these are mistake pitches by very good pitchers that even when they make mistakes, it's not easy to square it up, but they did that. And that's what I loved about the offense from this past weekend. They took advantage of what the pitchers gave them, and they did not miss. And we talked about the difference coming in between these two offenses. The Braves rely on that power. We know that. We've talked about that all season long. The Mets rely on getting walks, getting their hits, and and manufacturing runs that way. They're two very different offenses. Both have been successful, but it was the Braves' power that came through this weekend. Nine extra base hits on the weekend, seven home runs. Obviously, six of those coming from Matt Olson and Dansby Swanson, who had three apiece. I just, I loved the approach. Yes, you know, the home runs are great, but I love the at-bats all around, even in the at-bats where the Braves didn't get hits. You know, William Contreras, I thought, had some good at-bats in this series where he'd fall behind early, and next thing you know, it's 2-2. 3-2, you know, he battled back in the, the counts. A lot of Braves hitters with those types of the bat over the weekend. A couple did not that I want to mention as well. But for the most part, this Braves lineup, this was postseason approach for them, and I certainly love to see that. I talked about Matt Olson, five hits on the weekend, two walks as well, three strikeouts, which you will take, especially the pitching that the Braves were going up against. Five runs batted in. I mentioned already 
Uh, he has 100 on the year now. And then Dansby Swanson, four hits and four RBI on the weekend. Coming up clutch again. Pay this man. Look, I've gone on record before as saying I wouldn't go over $16 million for him. I think that's an overpay. Look, what he does for you, give this man five, 100 with a six-year option for $15 million if you want. You know, whatever it's going to take to get him signed, I think you got to go get Dansby Swanson, make him a member of this Braves team for the, for the rest of this run that they have of all this young talent. And Travis Darno, I think this is interesting to mention, he caught all three games. And we know what he did in the postseason last year. He caught every single inning of every single game. You know how much Brian Snicker trusts him behind the plate. Look, I think William Contreras has grown leaps and bounds behind the plate this year defensively and calling a game. I would trust him back there. But you know the level of trust that Brian Snicker has with Travis Darno, And I think it's very interesting to point out that in the three biggest games of the year, Travis Darno caught every single game. So that's something worth mentioning. I said there were a couple players in the lineup I didn't think had have the greatest at bats over the weekend. Eddie Rosario was one of those. 0 for 7, three strikeouts, had an RBI on a sack fly in this series. I know he was hot coming in, but if he's not going to hit, he doesn't need to be in there because he cost the Braves a run and on Friday he cost Max Free to run. I'd rather have Grossman in there. He's a switch hitter, so he's you know obviously going to have the handedness advantage in every at bat. And I think he's a much better, I wouldn't say much better, but he's a better defender than Eddie Rosario for sure. So if Rosario's not going to hit, I think that's going to play a lot over these last three games. Hopefully you can play both of those guys a good bit and see which one can get going. But if Rosario's not going to hit, you know, I feel comfortable with the Grossman and the at-bats he gives you. At least he's going to take his walks every now and then. And I think he's an upgrade defensively. So I think that's something to keep in mind over the last, you know, a couple of games here, a decision from Brian Snicker. Also, I mentioned Darno catching all three games. That's fine, but I want William Contreras' bat in there. I want Contreras in there over Ozuna, you know, whoever else. I want William Contreras' bat in that lineup. So you're not going to catch him. That's fine, but he needs to be the DH. He's one of your best hitters. You got to have him in the lineup. So, again, just a couple of things to keep in mind there as we go through these last three games and get geared up for the postseason, how to – how to stack that bottom of the order, which is dangerous. And yes, they can go deep, but they didn't necessarily have the best at bats this past weekend in the biggest series of the year. So I think that's something to watch going forward, but still overall love the at bats from this offense, love their approach against again, one of the best pitching stats in all the baseball two future hall of fame, starting pitchers, the offense certainly held their own. And that gives you some great confidence going into the postseason. but the work's not over yet. Braves need at least one more win or a loss from the Mets to clinch their fifth straight division title. We'll talk about how they can do that next. On Monday night, the Braves will have their first opportunity to clinch the NL East. It'll be Bryce Elder versus Jesus Lazardo. Not going to be easy at all in this series. The Braves played, obviously, Sunday night baseball, so it's a late flight to Miami. Obviously, a lot of emotions coming off a big series sweep. This is where, you know, in college football terms, you have a, a big high one weekend, and then you're looking for that letdown the next weekend. That certainly could be in play here for the Braves. Late night travel, coming off a big high. Are they going to have a letdown against the Marlins team who essentially just ended the Brewers series? So you cannot take this Marlins team lightly. 
you got to come with that same fire, that same passion to try and finish this thing off. And Jose Jesus Lazardo is a very good pitcher. He's given up two earned or less and gone six innings or more in six of his last eight starts. Two starts against the Braves this year. On April 24th, he went five innings, gave up uh, two hits, four walks, one earned, and eight strikeouts. And then on August 13th, five innings, seven hits, two walks, four earned, and six strikeouts. There was a curveball, four-seamer, changeup, and sinker all 20% of the time or more. So four pitches that he'll throw at any point. He's a good pitcher, doesn't give up a lot of hits, very low batting average against. So the one thing that kills him are the walks, but big big whiff rates on his curveball and his changeup. So again, very good pitcher. Marlins have a lot of good pitchers, although you're going to avoid Sandy Alcantara, Edward Cabrera, and Pablo Lopez in this series. So that is a big relief for the Braves, but the Braves starting staff in this series is a bit questionable. We don't know what we're going to have, you do know you're going to have Bryce Elder on Monday, and he has been great for the Atlanta Braves. They need him to give them at least one more good start. It's a possibility he gets a start in the postseason, but they need one more big regular season start from Bryce Elder. He's given up one earned or less in his last four starts, two of those of which coming against the Marlins. So hopefully he can step up again. At the very least, the Braves need him to go six innings, I think, at the least to try to save that bullpen, which had to work a lot over the weekend. I mean, Jansen's unavailable. Iglesias is unavailable. You'd like to avoid Mentor in this one. It's likely going to be Jackson, Chavez, uh, you know, that group to try to get things done. I'd say maybe even you'd like to avoid Colin McHugh if you can in this one as well, and Dylan Lee. So, I mean, the bullpen could be limited in this one, so you need Bryce Selder. Again, I hate to ask for more of him because he's given you more than you could have already hoped for but need one more big start from Bryce Elder and need the offense to stay locked in and put up a big spot here to save the bullpen. And let's finish this thing off. Let's clinch this division and get it over with. Braves have an opportunity to do that against the Marlins on Monday night. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thanks for making Locked On Braves your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On MLB, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team, talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Make sure you download, download the Locked On Sports Atlanta app on Roku and Amazon Fire, where you can get this podcast as well as a postcast with me and Grant McCauley. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 